Daystar. How we doing? Well, welcome to my first proper podcast, really. Uh, the introduction was well received, and thank you, everybody, for your lovely messages. So um, it's all going well. Not only now am I on Spotify, but I'm also listed on iTunes. So if you're on any of they, if you click the like button, I think every time I do one of these, um, you'll get notified. But I thought perhaps today, if I start with the early years, um, in a way, I suppose I thought about doing this as I'm recording this October 2022. And next summer will mark 40 years of me being a funeral director or working in the profession. And it it's just flown by, really. It's just seemed like 10 years. It's just gone. So I thought perhaps if I start about talking about my early years, but perhaps first say how father got into it, um, which was a couple of ways, really. Um, after he left Egg Depot, he went to work for Hawkey's Garage, um, WA Hawkey and Son. They had a garage car sales up opposite the police station, but also they had their main garage just along Eglisell Road from us uh, on the other side of the road. And father was the office manager there. Now, not only did they have the garage, but they also had a hearse that they used to hire out. And years ago, there were quite a few undertakers in town, mainly carpenters. Um, obviously, you had W.T. Williams and son. You had Percy Bennett's. Ken Miller's father was undertaker. You had the Pokenorns out at Rock and the Bray family up at St. Q, which I don't think were any relation to us at all, but um, they were up there and they would all hire the hearse off Orkies. And one of father's jobs was to drive the hearse on funerals. Also, um, we lived in Glen Road and about four or five doors up was Percy Bennett's. And he asked father to help him out evenings and weekends if somebody passed away to, to go and help him. Um, so it was two ways, really, that father got into the funeral profession. As I said, I started in the summer of 1983. I didn't really know what I was going to do with life, career, work, whatever. And I was at St. Austell Sixth Forum for two years. And um, all I was really interested in was music. I was in a couple of groups. We were gigging all the time. Um, but when I passed my driving test, I was still at St. Austell and I might not have been a hundred percent truthful, but father said to me one week, um, are you free on Friday? Have you got much on or no? I said, no, we um, don't have many lessons on a Friday, father. So he said, well, you can drive theirs for me if you like. So I drove theirs for father. Monday I went in and my form tutor, he was a lovely little chap, little Irish chap called Bryn Byrne. And he said, oh, you were off on Friday, David. Um, why was that? I said, I'm very sorry. I said, I had to go to a funeral. Oh, dear. He said, I'm so sorry to hear that. So sorry. I said, that's all right. A few weeks later, exactly the same thing happened. Same conversation on the Monday. And again, he apologized and wished me well. When it happened the third time, I think he got a bit suspicious. And it was at that point that um, I had to come clean and... Um, whether they rung home or what, I don't know. But I never did drive theirs again while I was at St. Austell. But um, 
that's that was that. So then I started doing father in the summer. Um, my very good friend Ian Hobbs, Noah, started work at the same time um, for WT Williams and Son, the the builders. So father said, find out what Noah's earning, and um, you have the same wages. So I asked Noah, and he was on thirty pound a week. So that's my starting wage was thirty pound a week. I always remember Tim Jones across the road from us at Wood Design. He was on sixty pound a week, but um, there we are. So my my job when I started was if someone passed away, I would go with father and bring them back into our care, or I would go have to go to Trelisk or Derriford. Um, I'd have to make the coffins, engrave the nameplate, enter the ledger, wash the hearse, go on funerals, be a bearer. Pretty much everything really apart from the arranging, which is what father did and father was the funeral director. With all this work, um, still didn't keep me occupied all the week um, because we were averaging, I would say, between one and two funerals a week. So father's cousin, Rob Vigas, in at Bobman, was a butcher. And um, father used to do his bookwork. So he delegated that to me. So every month I'd go in to see Rob and my second cousin in there, John Gurkin, pick up all the paperwork and come back and do Rob's paperwork, his VAT returns and everything like that. During these early days, we used to share the premises with um, the building side of the business. Um, I'm, I'll backtrack a bit and I'll say father and mother bought the business off Ron and Elaine Williams. November the 1st, 1981 is when they started. And we shared the premises there at, at Bridge End. Um, and then when I joined, I spent many hours in the office there with Dennis Irons, who was still... Um, working for the building side. Um, the Williams family were very, well, they still are very involved in the town. Um, back then, they had the building side, which was a very big company, employed a lot of men. They had the funeral directors, the paint shop, and also cinemas throughout Cornwall, which um, Ron's son David and his family still run today. It would get a, a bit confusing at times, as when we'd leave work, um, the phone would be diverted. We didn't have modern technology as today. There were no mobile phones, but you were able to divert the phone through to us at Glen Road, but also through to Ron and Elaine Williams, who lived at the treat at Gunveen Hill. And the phone would ring in both houses, and whoever got there first would answer. The other house would then pick up the phone as well and listen to the conversation. And then when we worked out which family they wanted, the other family would put the phone down. Where it did get confusing was that obviously Father and Ron were two Ronnies and they were affectionately known as the two Ronnies for these few years. But their sons were both me and David Williams being Davids. So more often than not, somebody would say, oh, is that David? I'd say, yeah. Oh, is your father Ron there? And this is when it would get confusing. But uh, eventually we got our own phone line. We were always 2626. Years later, the 81 was added to it. When I started with Father, um, his right-hand man was George Lang. George um, would help Father out with all aspects. 
um, of the business. And then our bearers, which um, for many years was was the set team, was Ern Axworthy, John Ellicott, Bill Walk, and myself. And it seemed back then bearers would come on with us when they were 65, when they re- retired from their normal jobs. And they never went past 70. Whenever, if they got to 70, they would then retire. And after Ern retired, um, Charlie Brooks from Ternant, or Nangert, he came on with us. And um, Charlie, he was a phenomenon. He was, he actually worked till he was 74. And, well, we couldn't believe how he kept going. And it's funny that years later, um, Charlie's nephew, Johnny Ferret, come on and Johnny worked with us until he was 86. Um, this year, we've just had Taro retire at 83, but we've got both John Moon and Bob Parkhouse in their 80s still going with us. And most of our other bearers, then over 70 now. I always remember with Charlie Brooks, um, if mother and father went up to me, sisters up to England um, to see her in and out, um, Charlie would cover with me. And if I had a call in the middle of the night, that's when it got a little bit interesting because Charlie and Nellie didn't have a phone. So I would have to go up to Trenant, find a handful of gravel and ave it up at the window. And I'd have to keep throwing gravel at the window until Charlie woke up, opened the sash window. What's on them, boy, he'd say. I'd say, Charlie, can he come with me? So he would then come with me and we would do our recovery. Other bearers early on was Vic Spry and Stuart Wills. Dear old Stuart, I used to call him Sid because I used to think he looked like Sid James. And um, that was the, the early days, really, with um, those bearers. We didn't actually have a garage at the time. When um, we bought the business off Ronnie, we had a, it was a converted Ford console estate car was our hearse. Back then, there were there was no such thing as donations in lieu of flowers. So um, another of my jobs would be to list the number of floral tributes that we would receive for a funeral. And quite often, there would be 30, 40 floral tributes. Um, so you'd come in our front door and it would just be a sea of flowers. Our first proper looking nurse, I wish I took a photo of it now. It was based on the Ford pickup P100. And that thing, it could get it anywhere. It wasn't overly big. And, for example, if we had a burial at Eglisale, we could drive in the top gate by Dick Brewer's house, right down through the cemetery and come out the bottom gate, down by the lay-by where the three bungalows were. One of them's been scat down at the minute. But, um, yeah, that thing would get anywhere, really. We didn't have any limousines at the time. Chippy Chapman and Bobman, Doug, we used to hire his in and out. And Fred Crart from Up Highway, he would have his um, black Peugeot seven-seater estate, which we'd use. And then a bit later, he had a black Ford Orion that um, Sybil used to drive as well. And I'm sure um, he went round the clock three times with that one. Fantastic car that was. So that was, eventually we got our limos. We didn't have a garage as such. Um, for a little while, there was an old galvanised shed next to Macmillan's in a the yard there that we used to um, keep it, and I used to wash the hearse there. 
then after that, um, we had Harrison keep it in different places. I always had to wash it then at Bridgeview Hill. There were never any cars parked there much then, but it was a bit of a pain really because um, winter time I'd carry me two buckets up and um, I could be putting the water on and it would be freezing. And then summertime you can put it on and um, it's drying and staying in, staining in the sunshine. So um, it was fun and games really. Um, we used to keep, sometimes we kept the limo at Miss Payne's house up at Eve. And then we hired, uh, we rented Jules' garage down Fair Park, which um, we had for a few years before we got our garage down at Bradford's Quay, where we could keep um, two hearses we had by then, a limousine, and then we got our proper recovery ambulance as well, so we could keep all of those down there. I always remember um, for a while we kept our limousine up um, George Lang's place up Eglisale Village, and the trouble was he didn't have a front door on his garage, but that was a good thing because the limo would stick out about a third of it because it was so long. And um, I always remember once I was there, they um, we had the Jehovah's Witnesses um, came calling. They obviously saw me there, thought I lived there. And obviously they didn't know me at the time. Um, since then, you know, we've we've cared for a lot of families of the Chauvis Witnesses and we've become very good friends with them but at that time they didn't know who I was and um, I'll never forget um, they started talking to me and didn't realise what I did and said um, you know one day there will be the judgment day will come and then there will be no more death or dying and I looked a bit perplexed and I said oh dear and I remember them saying well what do you mean by that I said well I'm an undertaker I could then see them thinking, well, where do we answer this one kind of thing? And they had a smile, and um, that was the end of conversation. But uh, that's something that um, I'll never forget. So I, I think that'll kind of round it up for today's first podcast. I don't want to bore you too much, um, but um, I'll get back again hopefully next week. I always remember thinking of that last story. I always remember Father used to say to people, he said, I never wish anyone to pass away, but I always feel that it's a real honour when a family asks us to care for anyone when it does happen. And I think that was a a, a lovely way to, to think, really. So um, thank you for listening. And um, hopefully I'll put some thoughts together again for next week. So have a good week. Wish you well. Do Guinness.